who are you? Where am I? I am Herod, former king of Judea. And I've come here to tell you about what you Christians call Christmas. Maybe you wonder why on earth would I ever do such a thing as that? Frankly, I would do anything to escape for just a few moments the hideous scalding that I've been subject to for the over the last 2,000 years. My name is Herod, and it means the hero, although I don't feel like much of one today. Back then, maybe. See, I was in a long line of political rulers. My grandfather Antipater and great-grandfather Antipas were sovereign rulers as well, and Caesar Augustus raised me up as a king over Judea, probably because he liked the fact that I was good at raising money. I could always find money somewhere among the Jews, those dirty, rotten scoundrels, who attempted to hide everything they could from the Romans. But I always found money from them. It was just too easy. I was exalted to the throne of Judea, and although my reputation is, you may have heard, largely evil, You need to know that's not the only thing about me. I was a gifted builder. If you were to go to the land of Israel today, you would find my buildings that I built. Of course, they don't look as good as they did back then. Age has gotten the best of them, of course. You would find in Bethlehem the buildings that are now called Herodian, after my own name. You would go to Masada and Marcaris and, and various places, and, and you would see that I built palaces for myself with Jewish tribute, of course. <laughs> it was great. And did I mention I was king and sat on the throne of Judea? The story begins, though, in the year 754 AUC, or Eno Urbis Condite, which simply means 754 years after the founding of Rome. I was having a rare good day in Jerusalem. Now, that's what we call it. Your, your dating system is a little different here. Because what took place in my story, so I'll say it was really 1 AD, 1 Anno Domine, 1 in the year of the Lord. I was already suffering from the loathsome disease that would take my life, admittedly contracted by my own immortality. Every day was a punishing day, and for some reason, this day, I felt a little better. The day moved along without any hiccups, so to speak, going well, and it was 6 o'clock, and I was on planning on attending a banquet that evening, so a messenger came, announced that there was a convoy, a, a caravan, if you will, a very large one from the east. There were at least three men in that caravan, at that time, I suppose, were men who were priest kings, I thought. It was told to me they must have wealth, and they appeared to have gifts. Well, when the mention of wealth and gifts, you can imagine, that perked my attention. I was eager to find out what they had to say or bring me as king. I said, bring them here immediately. I've got to meet these guys. Now, one must have stayed with the caravan because only two came in. And I asked, what are you here for? And they said, to my astonishment, we have come to see the little prince that has been born, to see the king of the Jews. (laughs) 
those Jews plotting against me again? Are they about to take my thunder away even before I die? I was so angry. I had to, I had to leave the room for just a moment to calm down. I, I went back and said, how did you hear about this little prince? They said, we learned it from our, our books in our own land. This, this prince was to be born, and there was a star that appeared that was not in any of our charts or books anywhere that had ever been written on our land. And it appeared, but we remember the promise that the Messiah must be born. We assumed he must be your son being the king. We come here to worship him. I knew nothing of the birth of any son. Surely they looked strange at me because I was 66 years old and not like the father of such a little prince. But I knew of Jewish prophecy. There was always some prophet standing in the middle of some property that I had built naturally. They'd always said there's a coming Messiah and that we need to get ready and he will save the people. I thought it was so silly. Just outrageous. I mean, they had everything they needed. I built for this crazy thing. Seems so ridiculous. They held out hope, though. I, I best find out where this king would be born. So there were people we called scribes there because they copied the Jewish law over and over and over again. Surely it would be in the books of something they had copied. So I called the chief priest that teaches the law. Now, I would not normally speak to these guys. I mean, I, I didn't want to care for them too much at all. I ushered them in, and I asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? They said, oh, King, everybody knows that. He's to be born in Bethlehem. Micah the prophet said so in his book. Now, stop quoting that book. I don't want to hear that trash. Bethlehem. Bethlehem was very familiar to me. It was only about six miles south of where we were at the time. It's a, I said to the men from the east, it would not be hard to find the boy you're looking for. Bethlehem is kind of a small town, six miles south of here. But when you go, when you have seen this newborn prince, this king of the Jews, come back and tell me what you have found. That I too may go there and worship him. Now hopefully you know and understand I had no intention to worship this child. Now, I, I had killed my wife, Mary Omni, the only person I, I really ever loved or adored because she was a Hasmonean, and I didn't trust her after I wiped out her family. So you understand, I had to kill her. I had no other choice. She tried to poison me. What would you do? Then my two sons, Aristobulus and Alexander, were no longer trustworthy as a result of that. So I naturally, as... You may have done, as anyone I would imagine, eventually arranged that they both die as well. And that's why Herod Augustus made that saying about me. You may have heard, it's better to be Herod's pig than to be his son. I had to do it. I had no other choice. But if I hated my wife, Mary Omni, and my two sons, Aristobulus and Alexander, I hated that newborn prince even more. King of If I could get my hands around his little neck, I'd get, I'd get rid of all claimants to my throne. I am the king of the Jews. I am. So as the caravan made its way south, I hoped they would return, but days went by. The hours ticked. The wise men, as you call them, never came back. 
I was left with the knowledge that the newborn prince was doing fine, living in Bethlehem, so I had to take matters into my own hands. I'd have to kill him. I called in my centurion, the leader of my soldiers, and I told him, you are to go to Bethlehem and find every male child two years of age and under. Why two years? Because that's about the time the wise men said they saw the star in the east for the first time. So I assumed it must have been about the time of his birth. So I got all little boys, two years age of under, and, and I want them dead. I had to take the prince I was born to take my thing. My Roman soldier looked at me and said, Sir, never once in my lifetime have I drawn my sword and take the life of someone innocent, much less of a, of a little child. This I cannot do. I cannot do what you asked me to do. <laughs> Cowards! I will not put up with this insubordination. I am the king and you will do what I say. Or you, sir, will face the harshness of what those babies are about to endure. I took to go carry into my inner chamber. I, I had the door shut because I knew before long Jerusalem would be alive with the wailing of the parents and, and those little babies that were being killed over in Bethlehem. There were only a handful of little babies, little boys that were less than two, maybe about 20 or so. I, I honestly can't remember. I really don't care. That's why your history books leave this out. The low number of deaths, a handful of innocent male toddlers killed by a local ruler was just not noteworthy enough, honestly. But all of them were taken. All of them. And I could hide not, no matter what I tried to do. The lamentation of the mothers and the fathers in Bethlehem swarmed in Jerusalem. And soon Jerusalem was in an uproar, you can imagine. All I could hear was the wailing of a baby and a choking sound and then no sound at all. It happened again and again and again. The wailing of the baby, choking sound and no sound at all. And the mother's crying out. <laughs> you can imagine the plots against me began to intensify. If my own sons plotted against it to have me killed, you can imagine now how many of my killed kingdom after the massacre of the innocents wanted to see my head on a pike. Eventually the disease that I had became so intolerable that I could not make appearances in public. Next thing you know, I was on my deathbed. I knew that I was dying. I knew that everybody in Jerusalem would rejoice the moment I took my last breath. No one could plot against me anymore. But also, I thought, no one would mourn my death. So could I see to it that there would be mourning at my death? Doesn't anybody want that? How could I see that the people would cry at the time of my death rather than cheer? You may be thinking I would be open up the kingdom's coffers for the poor or perhaps forgive the taxes of the Jews for that year. <laughs> oh, man. If you believe that, you haven't been paying attention. One morning of my death, I knew I was close to the end. I called my centurion once again and said, Take all the Jewish elders, the, the most illustrious men of the whole Jewish nation, probably about 50 of them or so, and usher them into the Hippodrome. And when you get to the Hippodrome, keep them there until you hear that I've taken my last breath. 
And the moment you hear that I have died, draw your swords and slash their throats. <laughs> I know that the people would be crying on the day of my death, even if the tears weren't for me. Would you believe that the moment that I died, elders were released? I was rejoicing all over Jerusalem. next moment, after I took my last breath, I woke up in the place you Christians call heaven. I have roasted in this place, and all the time, every day, is worse than anything I've had to experience on earth. Even, even the disease. And I thought, I thought the disease was terrible, but it was paradise compared to this place which I've been now, trapped for over two thousand years. And there are only two thoughts that ever Cross my mind in hell. The first one is that first Christmas. I remember. How, how could I not? After, after the men came from the east, I could never get that out of my mind. I could have gone with them. I, I could have accompanied them to Bethlehem. I could have knelt with them before the king of the newborn Jews, the, the newborn prince. I could have joined them in giving gifts. I could have worshipped him and welcomed him into the world. And just like the wise men who sought after him, I could have done the same. That would have changed my life. And I now know that I would not have come to this place. called hell. The second is I cannot get that wretched memory of the babies out of my mind. Just when I think I get it out of my mind, I hear the sobbing of the babies again. You say, what about the fires of hell? And, and it's absolutely terrible. But even on top of all that, I still hear the cries, the choking, and then silence forever. I don't know what you do about Christmas. You may be as greedy as I was. You may be concerned only about yourself. And it may never occur to you just how significant that day really was. The day that God came to be with us. It was a day to end all days. There would never be another time when God would take on flesh and visit us here. But you have an opportunity at Christmas to reverse what the world has done, what I did, and put Christ, the incarnate Son of God, where He ought to be. Jesus ushered in a completely new type of kingdom. The people had been expecting a Messiah who would come with a sword and drive out the hated Romans. Instead, Jesus came as a Messiah who would die for the sins of the world. Both Jesus and I, Herod the Great, we're called King of the Jews. But the contrast between us, I now see, couldn't be greater. I marched into Jerusalem with an army of tens of thousands to conquer the city for Rome. While Jesus rode into Jerusalem with just a measly group of 12 disciples on a donkey. I built massive structures dedicated to my name, King Herod. Many still standing, but crumbling in the shell of their former glory. And Jesus built a kingdom that would last forever. 
I put people to death so that I could live and keep my precious throne of power. Jesus, on the other hand, died so that others could live. God gave us this wonderful son on Christmas. God loves you in this way, that on that Christmas, Father God gave us his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would not be in this place forever, not be in hell, but be in heaven with him in everlasting life. If I, oh, if I had only known. If I had only known then what I know now. Now, because I'd never had faith in Jesus. Lord and Messiah, I stay here in this place forever. It's too late for me, but not for you. The wise still seek him. I guess the question to ask yourself now is this, do I seek Jesus? Or better, do I have faith in Jesus? Will I be saved by grace through faith? Or are you like me and sit on a throne of life?